And welcome in. It is the BCJ podcast presented by the Holy Grail right here on BearcatJournal.com. Just wanted to uh, give everyone a huge thank you that made it out on uh, Saturday for the watch party at the Holy Grail. Dave, we were on a wait at 1230 for a 3.30 game. Fantastic. Holy Grail full of Bearcat fans. Even on a night where there was a Reds game, there was a country concert, there was a lot going on. Uh, I think uh, Jazz Fest was going on downtown. They were getting ready for the fireworks. And uh, UC fans absolutely jam-packed our partners at the Holy Grail. Need to maintain that energy. It's going to be a couple weeks. As uh, The Miami know. game is technically a road game. Are, we, are you doing a watch party? Uh, I mean, <laughs> what do you think? Just skip the game to a watch party at the Grail, <laughs> or we do like a post post game party. We could now. That's interesting. It's a I'll noon noon that. game. We could just go there after the game. That's not a terrible idea. It's not a terrible idea. I know. It's let me, let me check idea. with management. Let to check with management on that one. <laughs> But uh, yeah, just a, a huge thanks to everybody that came out. Did did you watch any of the content from uh, from yesterday? What was like? What was? What should I have watched? I'm just oh, curious. Your your blinding sign. Yeah, I saw your blinding sign. It's very cool, but you can't see it when you turn it on. I mean, <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> I've been I've been working on solutions. Throughout the day today, I don't have one yet. I've been working on them. Well, I, re- I read the comments from from Bearcat Brunch, and I'm going for a less garage type look tonight. You, you've got the we are since. Uh, How does that look like a garage? I don't it looks know. like a like a dining room. Like, a, like yeah, the middle of your house. Yeah, uh, but yes, yeah, so I've, I've I hired an interior decorator, and yeah, we we kind of came up with some ideas to spruce the place up. Look, if you want to pay for us to to get uh, you know professional studios, I will gladly have everybody uh, having a, a professional inst- a studio installed in their house. I'm sure, everybody would be okay with it. But uh, G Mac just comes expensive. just comes in with a, the hottest game ever in Fayetteville. I'm like, it cannot have been hotter than Indiana last year, dude. I, I've heard otherwise from a lot of people that went. Really, Aaron? I've heard it was like the the, Look, the depths of hell. It was. I mean, it, to the fans that were there in the fan section, especially, they were in the sunlight the entire game. That half of the stadium was just in the direct line of of fire of the sun the entire game. Uh, that all said, I was in the press box. It was open air, but. I mean, just walking around my entire back because I have my backpack. Uh, my entire back was just wet. It was. It was not. It was. It was. It was a warm game. Oh, I'm sure. Like he's right about the t- the first Purdue game. That was. That that, was, that, that Indiana was game last year hot. was like an like on another level. Maybe because they ran out of anything that you wanted to drink. But right, um, that could be a problem. But yeah, it was. Uh, but yeah, so we we spruced up the place. 
a dimmer switch might work. I, I, I've actually, on this little remote, I can turn it all the way down to 10%. I'll show you. <laughs> Still doesn't do anything? This is 10%. So what's like 100%? <laughs> it's like a, a supernova just exploded in the sky. <laughs> That's 100 <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> I didn't think through the white neon part. Like the red is awesome. The red is the red looks outstanding. The white will watch. Oh <laughs> my you. god. I can see through time. <laughs> Quantum leap. <laughs> uh it's a work in progress. Clearly. <laughs> what, can, what can you do? I mean, it looks like this part looks amazing. Oh, it's very, it's very cool looking without the light on. Right. I even, we might just like black out the back of it somehow. And then you don't really need the light. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I would look good with black light. Yeah, but then the whole room would have to be in black light. No, I just mean if the white was like, can't you do what like you a, suggest, a dark? Like, put like electrical tape over it? No, I thought maybe. I mean, I'm not, I, I don't think I can send it back to the company. I, I would. I'd be like, it's too bright, man. Let me exchange this. <laughs> Somebody else, I'm sure, will buy this custom made Bearcat journal. Yeah. Uh, live nudes here type. <laughs> live nudes here. I mean, I can, it's got settings where I can make it blink and flash and. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to get epilepsy, so let's let's not do that. It does look like it belongs in the club. Like oh yeah. For sure. For maybe sure. you could oh here, maybe you could donate it to the weight room and they could use it for squat fest. Or we could put it in the grail somewhere. Yeah. Like behind the bar in the grail? Yeah. What did you just walk into the middle of? Uh, we're just shop talk. Yeah. <laughs> If you missed it, you're you're lucky that because yeah. now you still can use your eyes. You still have like 2020-ish vision. You're not seeing spots right now. Black iron sharpens iron hoodie behind it. That's not a terrible idea. Drenched in galactic sauce. I don't know about <laughs> that part, but <clears throat> jeez. I finally got some sleep today. I feel a little refreshed. Well, welcome, welcome to the show, everyone. I'm sure we'll talk yeah. about football at some point. We're we're getting there. <laughs> I got a new toy. Like I, I figured, Dave would enjoy discussing how blindingly bright one hundred percent of that neon light is. Yeah, it's like I said, it's like a supernova exploding <laughs> in the sky when you go it's from ten percent to one hundred percent. It's a portal to hell in my office. Oh boy. Um. All right. Well, let's talk some football. Okay. I I don't. Do we talk that like? Do we start with uh, with your mark visiting today? Like, where do we where do we start here? I'll start wherever you would like to start. I'm prepared for. I would say literally anything, but I know that's not a hundred percent. That's never the case. Um, I don't know. Let's put a bow on. I, I don't really. I don't think we have anything left to talk about the Arkansas game. Like, no. You 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 and Jeff did a great job on the brunch. Thank you. Um, I thought that was really good. If you haven't caught it yet, make sure 
you go to the YouTube page uh, or go to uh, Spotify or SoundCloud. Apparently, there's some issues with Apple this week that are driving me nuts that they won't answer my uh, my work ticket. But um, we're working on it, getting it back up on Apple. Uh, anyway. Apple was busy getting ready for the big event today. It's it's Apple event day. So, I mean, they got some things going on. The, they gave all their support people the day off to watch they're, the video? They're, they're probably all, like, running everything going on for <laughs> the big Apple event. Stock, stock didn't even go up $1.50, so I, I can't even care that much about it. Aaron, I sent the thing, the ticket last night. I mean. Let's go. Look, we're. We're we're in, we're not in a recession, so we can't use that word. But you know, people are still getting used to having jobs again, working from home. Things are things are weird right now. <laughs> Everything's in a weird place. Just patience. Just put the damn podcast up on the the feed. I mean, example. Hey. I'm I'm your executive producer. So if that tells you anything about what the workforce is like, right? You now, just I'm give just himself saying. the executive. You just slide executive yeah. in there. No, he did that a while back. He just yeah. decided he was the executive producer. <laughs> That's I'm like with assist- Reagan. I'm the manager to the assistant manager, wherever that, however that line goes. Yeah, that, that's like with Reagan. She's, um, the, you know, the 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 head of uh, new social media. I mean, the head of old social media. Hey, I I can't say anything. I mean, like, there's this Dan guy that is a, a conference realignment expert. <laughs> so, if, I mean, people could just give themselves all whatever title that's, they want. That's one of the best parts of Bearcat Journal is you could just. Give yourself a title. Like, what's Brent's... you're a Bearcat Journal? You can be anything. You can anything be anything you want, you want to be. be. <laughs> Just come up with a title. Work generally except, in that direction. Except respectable. Yeah, except respectable. We don't. We don't get that. Chief of New Media Operations should be your title. I like it. New Media and Fan Engagement. Yeah. Dave is the director of old me, old social media. Um, old, old Twitter's old media. Twitter's for the olds. Reagan literally told me that. She was like, I don't really, I don't really, I'm not good at Twitter. And I'm that's like, are fine. you that's fine with Twitter's me. for that's, the olds? That's She's all like, I yes. need. I only need one social media platform. <laughs> you don't want to run Instagram and, and TikTok and no. 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 <laughs> uh Jim Huber wants us wants us to start with the O line. I think so here was my thought for today, and, and I talked about this with Dave. Uh, work in progress title, Jeff Howe. Jeff is literally the assistant to the regional manager. Like, that is actually your, like, that's how this hierarchy works here, right? If you're the regional manager, Jeff is now the assistant to the regional manager. Um, The game itself, like, we, we've beaten to death. But yes. I think I think what we, 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 we made a show specifically, so we don't have to do this on Thursday for that purpose. And I don't know that that this is going to be necessary every week going forward. But I think today it's important. Like, what's next? What do you want to see? What do you? And I don't know that Kennesaw State really tells us anything. Yeah, they, they they better not. Right. <laughs> I mean, they're going to try to shorten the game. They're going to run the triple option. Like blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but I, what I mean, like, is it better not be in a situation where we're like answering questions? Right. <laughs> I, I agree completely. Um, but I do think, like, I, I think we can get into a conversation about okay, we saw what we saw 
on Saturday, last Saturday, what do we want to see, you know, between maybe now and, and I think Indiana is going to be an okay game. I don't think they're good. Um, I don't either. Well, especially at Nippert, it should be a comfortable Cincinnati win. No, um, but, you know, one element of the Kennesaw game that I think actually does benefit a little bit is with them running the triple, we'll probably see back to that 4-4 alignment. But maybe not as much because they do throw it quite a bit more than what we're used to seeing from Navy, Army. They threw it 13 times last week, which is like three times as much as, as the traditional um, academies throw it. So they've got a veteran right. quarterback. He's, you know, he's rushed for over a thousand yards in his career. Um, so defensively, I think it, it comes maybe at a good time because the, the issues that popped up in, in game one were some alignment tackling. stuff, some right, tackling, leverage, um, you know, just positioning, contain, all those things that, you know, you've got a you know, I know we've, we've probably talked about it a lot. Just you got a lot of new guys playing new parts, and and everything is a little bit different once you are in game in season versus even in fall camp. So, no matter who the opponent is, like you have to be disciplined. You against the triple, you have to be disciplined. You have to read your keys properly. You have to have good angles, good pursuit, good leverage. You know, all those things are are, are going to be important to slowing down that type of an offense. So coming off of a week where some of those things were issues at times, especially the outside run, which if we remember back to that, you know, one Navy game where they ran for like almost 600 yards, it was, you know, outside run, outside run, DBs couldn't get off blocks. Obviously, they've come a long way since then. But this is the first time that a lot of these guys are going to be seeing that in live game action. You 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 can drill it all you want with a bunch of dudes that don't do it on a daily basis, and it's a totally different thing when you've got to def- defend it from a team that does it every day. So all those elements, I think, actually hit at a good time to play this kind of offense because if you don't do those things, if those things aren't cleaned up from game one, they're going to they're gonna have some success. I mean, they're a, they're a top, top 20. They were top 10 going into the season. I think they went 11-2 and two last year in the FCS, made the playoffs. Started the year Pretty impre- like this is a program that hasn't been around long, right? No, like, they've like been twenty in the- years, fifteen years. I don't even think it. I'm not even sure it's been that long. Okay, uh, I know it's been. It's recent. Yeah, I mean they've been in the. They've been ranked sixty one straight weeks, so they're they're not bad. I mean, I think in Bill well, Con- Bill, Con- Bill Conley's now doing like the SP plus for FCS and D two and everything, and uh, I think they're eighteenth in FCS even after their loss. So they've got some. They've got some guys. I mean, we'll get into it more. I was actually seven years. Even more impressive. Like they've done this in seven years. That's sharp. Oh, for sure. I mean, they're 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 in an unbelievable place to recruit to. New new newer nice school. Like I mean, it's I've been right been right around. I think aren't we playing them in basketball this year too? They're D one in basketball. I think I I think we might be. I don't. Yeah, but I think I thought we're. I thought maybe we were playing them. Uh, but, 
Yeah, I mean, just from the defensive standpoint, something that we can look at from week one to now is those kind of areas that we kind of missed on against Arkansas. Yeah. Um, offense. Let's let, let's go there. What do you need to see? I think a lot of it for me is just timing. Like I need to see the timing of everything be more crisp. Yeah. Because that's that's really where the issues were against we're not, Arkansas. We're not playing them this year in basketball. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought we were. No. Uh, but yeah, the whole operation at times seemed too fast and at times seemed too slow. Yeah. So cleaning up the operation. Um, I mean, Samford threw it all. I mean, they might as well have started Joe Burrow. <laughs> dude was the stats and the, the guy was apparently incredible. Um, so I don't think they're going to propose much of a test in the passing game. I guess I want to see, you know, a, a building on the run game. I thought it was okay. I think it could have been a little more efficient. Uh, you know, we didn't really have. I thought it took, just like everything, I thought it took him a little bit to get rolling. And, yeah. you know, I liked the variation, you know, of the of the play calling in and of itself. So I'd like to see that built on continued uh, variation. And granted, you're playing an FCS. You always run up against that conundrum of like, what do we work on versus what do we show? You know, do we need to show, do we need to do a bunch of different stuff? Or do we just kind of, ing- you know, kind of dial it into some specific things and, and work well with those. So, you know, we'll see how the game flow goes. Um, yeah, you know, just you know, from a passing standpoint, just just want to see Ben be sharper for a more extended period of time. I mean, we talked about it, you just missed too many throws. You know, the windows are probably going to be bigger this week, so you can't be having a performance like the first half last week because you know your guys are probably going to be more open. You're probably going to be have more time to throw when you do throw. So I I sure you know, would hope that we don't see anything kind of like the first half where we're missing open guys because they're still going to be open against Kennesaw. I mean, I I don't know. I still feel like it was a little – like you're missing guys 50 yards downfield by a yard. Like, yeah, you gotta, you, you got to dial in and, and, and make up the difference in that yard. But I, there was just this – like I felt like a sense that like – he was missing terribly. There were some. They other were missing ones. barely. There were some. No, missing barely. But like, there were some other ones. The throw to Will Pauling in the end zone. Like, I feel like that could have been completed. You know, on the drive when they threw through and then missed the field goal. Um, you know, the one to Tyler Scott, kind of in the post. Not the deep, deep shot, but the one where he ran the, the one post. In the end zone and, where it went yeah. through his hands. Yeah. Well, he got I mean, two hands on it. He got one hand on it. He got two hands on it. It went through his hands. Okay. Now it was like this. He had to reach for it, but it went through his hands. No, he just, would tell you. He told me. Well, he will tell you. He's, he's a nice. That. He's a nice guy. Um, <laughs> but no, just um, you know, just being more more on. Like that's it. I mean, not. Yeah. I'm not saying like anything wild or expecting him to go ninety percent or something, but you know, <laughs> he left place out there like it. it he said that it's not crazy to acknowledge that he left too many throws out there. That's been acknowledged. I mean, I just, I think it was closer 
than is being considered when people are losing their mind on the internet. And I guess too, just like I want to see, regardless of the opponent, the offense with that kind of aggressive mindset. Well, they um, were aggressive for yeah, sure. They were, yeah. But that's what I mean, like, because I think that's the part that you get into, and you almost, you know, you almost have to dial it back in this situation because do you remember the like the Murray State game where they held the ball like almost the entire first half where they weren't scoring, but they were picking up one or two first downs and, and really bleeding the clock and having eight minute drives. And then you get in the tendency to try to make it all up right in two plays or something. So we, we can't fall into that trap, but you know, just keep building on, on what the, the things that worked in the first half or in the first game, I should say, just keep building on that. I, I need to see this defense be a lot better. The first half, they were very good. But the second half, I, I thought the angles were poor. thought the communication was poor. I didn't think, you know, they didn't look crisp. And, and maybe some of that was the heat. Maybe some of that was just Arkansas wearing them down. Uh, although I, I disputed that a little bit with Cincinnati one time of possession pretty handily. Well, yeah, because Arkansas were, had Arkansas had two touchdown drives that amounted that, to five yeah, total like, plays. Yeah, so, it, it, well, the, one was seven plays, but it was seventy seconds. No, no, the the first first one after the interception was three. Right, plays. it was three plays. The other and one then was seven the one, plays. The one after the the, the sack fumble was two plays. Yeah, and and then you add the one right before halftime. Right. So while it was seven plays, it was the blink of an eye. Right. Three touch twenty one of their points came in about five minutes of probably like actual game time. Yeah. If that. Like that was the other thing that I don't think we talked about enough when looking back to like, why was last year so good? You know why we don't ever really think about Desmond Ritter's turnovers? Because the other team didn't score. Didn't score. Right. Right. Like that's when, that's when a turnover sticks out in your brain, right? Sack fumble, touchdown, interception, touchdown five plays like you said those things are going to like be a neon a, a, a let's just say you had a bright white neon sign <laughs> on level 100 that's what those are going to be in your brain des we never really like what the the army um option play yeah but i mean that was that was instant so it was like right but it's it stays in your brain yeah um but the defense generally, after a turnover, went out, saved the offense's ass, and got them the ball back after a punt. Tonk, come on. We're, we're not your, 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 your broker here. What? $5 is our cut for selling your tickets. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think the, the part, too, that kind of crystallized. Thanks for the $5, by the way. Yes, thank you. <laughs> the part that kind of crystallized to me that like we can like a lot of parts about this defense, but that it's not the same and we still have a ways to go is the the last drive. Where 549, I have to imagine they had a pretty good idea what they were going to do. They got in third and nine and KJ Jefferson ran for 14. 
Like that just that type of situation did not happen the last right. two years. Like outside of a Georgia or Alabama game. Like granted, a lot of the games weren't close in the regard of like we need to get the ball back to go down and win. But like I you never had any worry of like, okay, this team has you know, they've got to go down and score to tie the game or whatever. They're not going to do it. Like right. this team, even if that means stopping them eight consecutive times at the one yard line, right? They're not getting in. Like, <laughs> so it's it's just a um, you know we joked coming into the season about like we haven't blown a coverage in two years, and guess what? First game they blow a coverage for a touchdown. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so it's just like a reprogramming of your brain to kind of prepare yourself, and you know we know they're working on it, but like it's just not going to be the same for a little while. Like, you know, guys miss tackles that we didn't see miss tackles last year. Uh, or just, they just didn't miss many tackles last year. They've been a great tackling defense and too many missed tackles. And especially on that third nine play, like Byron threats had the chance to get him on the ground and make him punt. And we just didn't get it done. Got a design flaw behind you. Oh, oh no. That's not good. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I want to see a lot of three and outs on Saturday. Like, yes, that know. would that would be nice because if they're not three and outs, they're going to have the ball for a while, right? Like you need to to quickly get off the field. You need to quickly uh, get the ball back for your offense if if you're going to accomplish a lot of the things that you want to accomplish. This week, if not, it's going to be a game where it's going to be 21 to seven or whatever at halftime. And people are going to feel like, well, we didn't we didn't maximize our opportunity there. And, and it's going to come down to what we complain or what people didn't. Ever, there wasn't much to complain about last year. But what people complained about last year is like didn't have the the ball enough only five drives in this half only four you know what i mean like that mm-hmm. was kind of the the conversation last year when teams were running it right at them was um they, right. they didn't they didn't get enough chances to do damage and even if you go you know 40% or something and two you know score two out of five times you're still you know you're not going to build that much of a lead that way so, so yeah, I mean, I think those are just kind of the, the bigger picture things I'm looking for because, you know, the, the matchup itself is, is not gonna, I don't think show us much, um, hopefully, <laughs> you know, if, if it's showing us something, I think then that means it's not going great. So, you know, whether this guy throws for this many yards or this guy runs for this many yards, that's not really something I'm I'm looking looking at. But you know, a little a little bit more on uh Kennesaw, which we can get into. Mentioned that they Yeah, were, let's just go ahead and do whatever level of preview we're gonna do here. Yeah, I mean we mentioned that they're a pretty good program team in the top twenty five, started the year in the top ten. Took the loss to Sanford 27-17. They run the triple, and this quarterback, Xavier Shepard, 
ran the ball 35 times, which is more than I've ever heard of someone, a quarterback running the ball for 64 yards. That's five, not great. No, five. <laughs> they, they had, I mean, I listened to their coach before we were coming on here. It didn't sound like they had a very good game. I mean, 62 total rushes, three, basically a little over three yards of carry. Uh, they're, Leading rusher Presto Daniels, which I love. Presto Changeo. Uh, yeah, had eight carries for sixty-four yards. They held the ball for almost forty minutes, and it sounds like their line is in real, real bad shape. They had two freshmen starting at tackle. And a tackle playing center, and I think he's their third. He's their third center. So this this could be a rough rough game for the for the Owls with with UC's age and overall size on the defensive line. Um, the only thing you would worry. Well, I guess it, it's a worry either way. Is uh, do these do these young pups even properly know how to chop block? I mean. Or are they just reckless, going to be diving at knees the whole well, time? I mean, that's kind of the whole thing to – I don't think there's any proper form of chop blocking, but – Sure. I mean, if you're a veteran, you know how to at least, like, do the, the, the technique correctly. Yeah. Even though you're still trying to take somebody's knees out. I'm talking about if you're recklessly just <laughs> diving at knees, not great. Yeah. So they they have a, a lot of sounds like a lot of offensive line issues. Um, Sam Samford's quarterback was eighteen for twenty four for two eighty nine and four touchdowns. Their uh, leading wide receiver had nine catches for one eighty seven and two touchdowns, and their leading running back had sixteen carries for ninety one yards, five point six yards per carry. So Kennesaw's defense did not pose much resistance. And I think Sanford only scored 27 points because they only had the ball for about 20 minutes. Yeah, that'll that'll do it. So, I mean, that's really kind of all I've got on them. I mean, it's an FCS game. A pretty good FCS team, but an FCS game nonetheless. They they seem like they're triple um they're like triple more of a, they're triple like light speed more than like a, like a like a yeah. I don't I don't want to say the service academies are power, but they're physical in their triple. This seems more like we're we're trying to get on the edge. Well, I just think they they um they're just more varied in it. Like I said earlier, thirteen pass attempts. That's not a standard. I mean, in a close game, it wasn't like they were throwing a bunch to, to try to come back. Um, right. It's thirteen pass attempts is more than you typically see. So I think they're more willing to to throw out of it. But I mean, well, the quarterback's, quarterback the quarterback's had, got the ball in his hands the whole yeah, time. He had 35 carries, and the next Presto only had eight. So I don't know if that was by accident, by design. You know. I don't know how that's by accident. Maybe he just never gave it to the running back. He just kept right. it. Right. How is that an accident? That's not an accident. That's on purpose. Maybe he doesn't like it. <laughs> Maybe they, they had a fallout in camp or something. Yes, he, he doesn't like his running back, so he just didn't give him the ball. Were there any sacks? Did they make any 
Like, I mean, I think they had a couple sacks, and and Samford had a couple sacks. Nothing, nothing jumped out. Okay. Yes, triple option team. Um. I, I this is one I, I want to see UC's O line dominate this game for sure. Just get what they want. Go out there and maul people. Yeah, it needs to be a an offense, offensive line, defensive line, like manhandling. Correct. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't have a ton else. Like, go 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 with their ass. Like that, that's get up defense. Get off the field. Offense. Get your timing together. And go look like a really good football team. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. I did, I did want to say, now I think playtime could dictate this. But I want to send, set the over-under Ivan Pace tackles at 15 and a half. And wh- yeah. what, do you, what do you think, which would you take? Um, I'm going to take the under... Because I think there's going to be a lot of three and outs. Yeah, three and outs and possibly like he just doesn't play that much because if they're yeah. winning or something. Yeah, but I'm saying more. I think they get off the field. Like, I don't think right. there's just there's not going to be enough Kennesaw plays. State plays for him to get 15 and a half tackles. Right. And I, I wonder how much that was a wake-up call for his brother. Maybe. Because, let's face it, he didn't have his best game against Arkansas. No. I don't think that is breaking any news. No. That's not to say he was terrible. It's just he wasn't at the top of his game, I didn't think. No, I mean, there's a – I felt like, you know, in the higher-profile games last year, Deshaun showed up from the jump, you know, had a good game against Indiana, had a good game against Notre Dame, had a from the very first series against UCF, made a big play on third on the very first third down, and just didn't, you know, I didn't really notice him a ton other than a couple of missed tackles. Right. Here's the other thing, too. This is now a Cincinnati team that plays the triple option every year. While yes, this is a bit of a different version of the triple option. But it's still the triple option. And usually, you get surprised by the triple option when you don't spend a lot of time on the triple option. These guys spend a lot of time on the triple option. So, I don't expect a situation where they're going to surprise Cincinnati with anything they do. No, no, I wouldn't think so. That's just, I mean, what did we see early? When, when UC first started in the American, Navy was able to sneak up on them and, you know, run them into the ground because they hadn't really experienced it before. Now that's no longer the case. And the triple option teams have not had much success against Cincinnati's defense since 2017. And I, I think that is uh, more than fair to say. Yeah, I mean, it's... You know, I'm interested to see if they have much of that 4-4 they play because if they're going to throw the ball a little more. 
I mean, I guess that'll probably depend on the formation, right? Right. Do you not do that? Do you play more of just like a 4-3 because you want to have that extra DB if they're going to be more willing to throw? I mean, then you can even play that with, you know, Hicks in the box if you need him in coverage. I thought he was – we didn't talk a lot about that. He played a lot of coverage. Like, if you look at the second half, there was a pretty good amount of seven in the box. Mm -hmm. And Hicks was kind of the nickel uh, in the the sense where – how Wiggins was the nickel the year before the knee injury um, when they weren't playing with five defensive backs at all times. So maybe you see something like that where Hicks comes down if they do have three wide receivers. Um, but you're running out of numbers to do the triple option. Yes. I three mean, wide receivers it's, it's hard to have three wide receivers because then you can't you, have a triple option. Right. You have a B back and the, and the wing backs like it doesn't work. So, yeah. Um, so we'll see. I think defensively they, they should be fine. I just, you have to see that offensive timing look a lot more crisp than it was a week, uh, a week ago. Absolutely. Um, I did want to say, I, I, and I talked about this a little bit on the nightcap last night. I like the, the mentality, the sense I got from those guys yesterday. Like they, they were, as they should be and as you you would expect them to be, but you don't always know if that's the case. That was a team that was pissed off. I like that they got back to campus on Sunday and they were like, let's get out on the field. Even just a walkthrough, even just like, let's, you know, let's start figuring this out right away. We don't want to wait for tomorrow. We don't want to wait for Tuesday when we really get into the flow of the week of practice. Like, there's there there felt like a a sense of urgency mm-hmm. and there is let's be honest there's a pressure on this team right you can't fall off a cliff they know it after last year nine and three is not going to be acceptable to this fan base right ten and two people are going to be having panic attacks so I like the mentality that I that I sensed from them and that, you know, look, we left that out there. We should have won that game. We very well could have won that game. But now let's get back to work and um, erase some of the mistakes and some of the, the dumb shit that cost us or prevented us from playing to our capability. I think that's that's what you want. That's not always what you get. Um, I thought the the interview I had with Dylan O'Quinn yesterday was was very insightful into the that mentality from one of the team leaders of like, look, we don't lose here, so let's fix what we need to fix and get back to not losing. And I. I it's my biggest thing in sports. I always want a team that hates to lose far more than I want a team that likes to win. If that makes any sense. Sure. I mean, would you agree with that? Uh, I don't know. I'm a winner, so I like to win. Yeah, but you do you hate to lose? I don't even think about losing because I'm always winning. <laughs> Eventually you lose, Dave. You're not undefeated. 
Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's ever taken you for a hundo on the golf course? No. Come on. (laughs) I don't play against people that can beat me. That's the whole thing. (laughs) You schedule Kennesaw State every week. Which is a direct contrast to your I love scheduling Arkansas week one, but you'll never schedule Arkansas on the golf. Oh, no. Well, I would. I would just beat them. <laughs> oh, I, I do want to uh, to take a second here before we before we shift gears. Uh, we are we are long been friends with uh, with with uh, multiple tailgates on campus. You guys know we've we've long uh, supported the Republic of Cincinnati and five one three shirts. We also support our friends at the Den. Uh, they appreciate us taking some time on the show to talk about them. Uh, the, the, he know that they know the Simone family tailgate and Republic of Cincinnati have been the suggested tailgates of BCJ for a long time, but they are hoping as they grow the den, they can get into the conversation. Their model's a little bit different. They try to create an open and entertaining experience for fans, maybe spending a little bit, bit less time on campus before a game uh, and want to come to a place knowing everything's taken care of. Uh, the BCJ listeners are invited to tailgate with the den this season located on the grid, uh, right near the Republic of Cincinnati. The den is celebrating its eighth season tailgating on Sigma Sigma commons, their models to collect donations and then put all the money raised back into the tailgate for food and supplies. Their suggested donations, $30 for a season pass in return. You're going to t-shirt cookies, a commemorative cup and stickers. Uh, this year's theme is a nineties throwback. And, and homage to an old marketing slogan for Bearcat Sports. We've got serious catitude. This Saturday, the tailgate starts at noon with the Roses Pizzas. 16 Lot Brewing and a live DJ. Follow them on Twitter, at The Den Cincinnati, for more info. Brent, your so, mark was on campus today. Sounds like a great deal and great uh, group to support. Absolutely. We, we try to support as many people as possible. For sure. We're all one big happy family here. I mean, that's right. We only have so many jello shots to go around. <laughs> um, Brent Yormark on campus today. He was. Unfortunately, I couldn't make it. I had a, a previous engagement. And by the time we got word that he was coming to town, it was something that I couldn't get out of. Uh, I thought Justin did a wonderful job. Covering the festivities today, uh, Dave, you, you saw the tweets. What do you think? Yeah, I'm trying to pull up. I want to read all of Justin's work. He compiled a Q&A with, with uh, your mark. You can read it at the, 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 the Athletic. You can right. also find it at Williams. I do want to just pull, pull a couple quotes out that we can kind of talk in further detail on. Obviously, the first one... You know, revolving around the media rights, you know, last week's announcement that the Big 12 would enter early discussion with TV partners ESPN and Fox about an accelerated extension of its current rights agreement through 24-25. Your mark, that process has started. I met with ESPN last week, had great meetings with them. I think we're very aligned and like-minded in where we want to go in the future. I'll be meeting with Fox in the next week to gauge their interest. Obviously, these are conversations to explore if it's in everyone's best interest to go early. 
to gain clarity. My gut tells me that both Fox and ESPN would like to do that, but I'll know for sure once I meet with Fox in the next week. His gut tells him that both Fox and ESPN would like to do that. I have a feeling more than just his gut is telling him that. Because if it was just a gut feeling, I'm not sure you would do this uh, a year and a half before you have to. Right. I mean, that's that's the general consensus on this. Now, important to note, it is they, they have not opened their exclusive rights windows. No, because if you open it, then you have to close it. Right. This is just, we're talking. They can, but they can get numbers. They can get, they can say, okay, what will you give us for these 12 teams? And then what would you give us if we added these four team, four schools by chance? And, you know, we'd like to do a five year deal. What do you, what do you think about that? And, you know, then if everything, sounds good and it and it sounds like you know you're both in agreement then you can open up the window right because then you can i don't know if you can technically like do an extension without opening up the window i'm not i'm not sure about the you know minutia of it all but you know i don't think it was an accident that in the release that the big 12 sent out when they hired Brett Yormark, that one of three people was a Fox executive. Um, you know, if they had no interest in continuing the relationship with the Big 12, why would you have him comment on how much he liked Brett Yormark and how much he thought he would be a good commissioner? Doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Um, so... I mean, I think that the, a relationship with those two has made the most sense. You know, everybody likes to bag on ESPN, myself included, and they, you know, them and Fox now are the drivers of all of this nonsense that we talk about, have had to talk about for so long. But let's be real. I mean, you do, not, I don't think you, like, we'll see about the Big Ten, and I think they did it the right way with, other major major networks but like it'll be very interesting and granted it's a much smaller piece to all this but like i think big 10 basketball is going to suffer not being on espn anymore i did too that is for basketball especially like i just think like you can we can not like them we can not like the personalities they have on the on the tv and all those elements but like if you're not driven to a very specific game, it's still just ingrained in your head to like, all right, I'll just flip on ESPN. They usually have a good game on. Right. I'll see what's on. Uh, and I think that, you know, again, granted, much, much smaller piece. But that element, I think, is even bigger when it comes to basketball. Like, how many games do you really watch in basketball on non – during the week – on non-ESPN channels. A game that I specifically know that I want to watch, right? Like, Right. But so if it's not something that you are hell-bent on watching, whether it's going to be a Big Ten game on Fox or FS1 or a Big East game, like 
you just default to the Thursday night ESPN game. Yeah, I mean the 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 thing is like you you go to ESPN by default. You see what games are there. And if the games that are there don't catch your eye for whatever reason, then the other thing like I think this is a a problem cable wide because I have cable I, I haven't cut the cord and I probably never will. Um, the channels are way up the guy where I got to go to, to get like the, uh, to get to the other block of like yeah, Fox, ESPN, ESPN two and ESPN. You are just all right in a row. They're all right there. Three channels back to back to back. And actually on mine at mine, the big 10 network is, is one below all those. So it's like a block of four big 10, ESPN right. ESPN, ESPN two. Um, so like, I look at those four but, like, options. Here's, here's a perfect example. So Saturday night, you see Arkansas three thirty. Right now, granted I'm because of, it's a huge game, Ohio state, Notre Dame. Well, on Saturdays though, I know to check. Right. The, but, this, but this is what I'm saying. Like, is what I'm saying. How many people, are going to go if, if say that say the Notre Ohio State played somebody and Notre Dame was on NBC and you got UC Arkansas at three thirty right into Utah Florida yeah you're just gonna let it roll right like you're like this is a good game my the team I'm rooting for their game's over there's there's you know I'll just keep it here. And There's I no think, point in changing. Right. And I think that's the that's the thing with ESPN is like now you know I, I'm just not gonna go hunting for games that aren't that aren't gonna be better than um what's what they're providing and they still they still dominate the industry. Like I like big noon kickoff more than game day. But I guarantee you that it doesn't come close to getting the same ratings. Yeah. Now, maybe it starts to when the Big Ten is putting a, a premier game on Fox. But then, you know, then the Big 12 is going to hopefully be on Fox as well. And granted, they're not going to get any probably any of those 12 o'clock games. But they're always going to be going up against something. That's that's the unfortunate part of of no matter what happens with the way the big 10 and the sec have their exclusive deals. Now it's like, okay, the big 12 can have the Fox three thirty game, but then it's going up against the big 10 three thirty game and the sec three thirty game. So it's, they're always going to be going up against something. So it's the disappointing part. The unfortunate part is that like, they're not going to be any cable providers marquee league. So if that's the case, then what do you do? Okay, you want exposure and you want dollars. Right. So, you know, it's well, I'm sorry, Crypt Keeper. I have spectrum things don't freeze and, and sneeze on, on cable TV. So <laughs> I don't I don't have that issue. Right. Um but I think you know, more going back to like what Brett Yormark talked about, like they know what the deal is with those two networks. Those are the two networks they want to be with. Right. And I also have a hard time believing that any other network is going to pay them what they want and 
offer the exposure that they want. I think that's the other part of this is like the dollars are important too, but Fox and ESPN have kind of put themselves up a little bit compared to everybody else when it comes to broadcasting college football. And I think there's value in remaining with those, those partners. Agree. I, I just, when you, when you take yourself off, like how, how many people now talk about Big East basketball? And it's generally a pretty good product. Like Villanova has clearly been the alpha in that situation. Um, but it's a league that, that doesn't have a lot of variation. There's not, outside of DePaul, really, there's not like a bottom of the league. You get a bunch of like similar teams that play good basketball. But who who goes looking for that? Like, I can't, I, I, I'm just not going to be able to miss St. John's Marquette tonight. I mean, I'm just like, could you imagine the Big 12 basketball t- tournament not being on ESPN? Right. The Big Ten doing that is is a huge risk. And and what you can't do in that situation is Network Fox is not running Thursday games at noon. So you're going to be on FS1 or, or – you know, whatever, whatever they're fighting for. And now what's going to happen? I mean, I guess you're probably going to be on big 10 network because the big East is going to big 10 network, take a large chunk. Some, under, yeah. The, some the big C- 10 network from CBS. Yeah. Like your semis will probably be on CBS, which is fine. I mean, it's way, especially you... for that conference tournament week, ESPN, ESPN two, ESPN. Yeah. I don't, I, I just one, two, three. Boom, boom, boom. Which one is on where? Which one do I want to watch? Uh, real quick, Richard, um, probably not. Like, we're doing enough here. Like, I used to do as much, like, everything I could around town. For, 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 <laughs> for those in the podcast format, as long as we get podcasts up and going again, uh, the question was, <laughs> will you do any podcast work with Alex Frank of Locked on Bearcats? Or the person of Bearcats, Barstools, and et cetera around the city. Aaron, are you going to go on the Barstool? <laughs> uh, I went to war with Barstool. I'm done with Barstool, Cincinnati. Get out of here. No, I just it, – it's not – it doesn't – we're doing everything already in-house. Um, I brought in a bunch of in-house stuff. I might be working on adding another podcast to the network potentially. Uh, here in the very near future, some of those conversations are happening behind the scenes. Um, that might be co-hosted by an old friend of BCJ. Um, so I, I just—it's it, not that I don't appreciate those guys' work, but we're doing a lot here every day, and I don't appreciate Barstool Cincinnati's work. There is no work; they steal other people's work. Jackasses. Jackasses. The whole lot of them. Salty ass dad over here. (laughs) Uh, Jeff. Hey, buddy. Love your work, too. It's good to see you. And that is an old picture of your kids. Your kids are a lot older than that now. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, during the regular season, a lot of Big Ten basketball games will be on Peacock. If you don't, it, it's the same thing as ESPN Plus, right? Like, nobody is going opening ESPN Plus like, huh, wonder what games are on tonight. Well, here's the Unless thing you're a that. degenerate gambler. Well, here's the thing with that, too. Your, your success totally dictates how willing you are to go to ESPN Plus or Peacock to watch games. Like, I mean, I'm guilty of it as anybody. Like, as the as the seasons got worse under John Brandon, and the, those games that were on ESPN Plus, I didn't watch those. Like, right. I'm going to go to ESPN Plus to watch a struggle to, to, in a game against Tulane. Like, no thanks. I got. I I can figure out some other stuff to do. You're you're headed to e, ESPN Plus for. Or are are you going to Peacock for? Rutgers, Nebraska. <laughs> no. So yeah, but I mean, just back to the bigger point. I would be pretty surprised. Now, I don't know if something will necessarily happen, like with in the very, very near future. It sounds like they're trying. I mean, if you're having meetings and and whatnot, like, it sounds like they might be trying. But I think it's going to be ESPN and Fox. Some some formation there'll still be an espn plus element i mean the big 12 is already on espn plus um yeah there's talk of the longhorn network being rolled up into like a big 12 network on espn plus because the longhorn network won't exist anymore because they have the sec network Um, it's, it's being like absorbed or whatever right right so, I would think it's going to be a Fox ESPN partnership. Who knows when that exactly happens, but yeah, that's the way it's it seems to be trending. Hello, Ed. Uh, and then the other comment, obviously, who doesn't want more conference realignment talk? On, on potential future conference expansion, what schools would be additive to the Big 12? Well, I don't want to get into the specifics. This is great. Well, I don't want to get into the specifics, and I appreciate the question, but obviously going out west is where I would like to go. Like, how, mu- how much more specific do you need to be? Yeah, right. Like, what other than, <laughs> other than naming the schools directly – I don't know how much more specific like, you can be. I don't want that. to get specific, but I'm specifically targeting this region of the country. Right. Uh, I'm would, not saying. I'm just saying. I would like to go entering that fourth time zone, a program that has national recognition, one that competes at the highest level in basketball and football, stands for the right things, is a good cultural fit. Because our alignment right now uh, because our alignment right now and the like-mindedness of all of our member institutions is fantastic. It's never been better. I mean, how would you know? You've been here like two months. So I don't want to compromise that, and that's critically important that there is the right cultural fit when you think about coming in and being part of what we're building here. Thank you, Kathy. Appreciate that. Uh, yeah. She so, just likes it because I wasn't on I, Well, hey, I don't blame her. <laughs> um, I, uh, 
I mean, it's pretty obvious. This is not. This has not been. You know, not very well hidden. Uh, you know what the what the goal is. I do want to pose an interesting a question with the playoff expanding to twelve. That would give the Big Twelve a, you know, I would say a fairly good chance to get two teams in. You know, I'm not going to say how often, but you know, they'd have a pretty good fairly chance regularly. Yeah, a lot of time, a lot of times, they'd have a pretty good chance to get two teams in. Assuming is this, that you're, is assuming, this a take sourced from conversations with Dan Simon, or is this just Dave's? Well, story? I mean, it's no coincidence that Brett Yormark was in town today and Dan Simon's unavailable. It's just maybe just, maybe check maybe check the precinct. Well, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Um, but my, my question is, assuming that Oregon and Washington aren't really candidates to join the big 12, does expansion for the big 12 make a ton of sense anymore? I I guess here's my, my query on that. While they would add more money. A lot of that money would have to be sent to them. So what would be the um, additional, like how much would the jump be? Because if we're talking the Big 12 with with the Four Corners makes you $55 million a year, and the Big 12 without the Four Corners makes you $49 million a year. Eh. And I know that's crazy kind of to say because – UC is coming from a situation where they were making $7 million a year in their TV deal. And that was it. Right. And you're just going to turn your nose up at $7 million. But I, I think I'm kind of with you on this that like, do you really need to add four more mouths to feed in terms of who gets to play for championships? Well, it's four more mouths to feed. And it's also like, do you want more teams possibly screwing up your second bid into the playoff. Right. Like, the more teams you have, I think the more chances that you, everybody gets, like, the Big 12 is already going to be uber competitive. I mean, multitudes of people have talked about how exciting the Big 12 is going to be because it's a lot of very, very similar brands that are very serious about football and that are just on that, like, next level from your true blue bloods and that you can go into a big 12 season with seven, eight, nine teams that feel like they have a shot to win. Right. And if the money isn't so much greater adding, we'll just call it, you know, call them the four quarter schools. Like as a UC fan, if you're in the big 12 and you're going to get all this new money and this new playoff is going to happen where they're talking about, upwards of $2 billion a year. So you're talking like 15 to $25 million a year per school in addition to their TV deal. Do you want Utah in your league? Probably not. No. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't. I'm looking at it like, okay, we got Baylor. We got Oklahoma State. You know, we got TCU. We got Iowa State, UCF, Houston. Like, I don't want Utah in the league. I think Kansas State is one of those sneaky teams that can beat you on any given year. 
Right. Like, I think there a lot of people like them to win the Big 12 this season. Right. So, like, unless those, and, you know, and we're, it's, it's ridiculous to talk about this, but like, I'm looking at it from a down the road standpoint where, like, yeah, okay, now we're getting 50 million bucks a year. Just throw it out a, a round number. Would I rather have Utah and, you know, an Arizona State that I think could be great if they got their stuff together? Like, do I just want more good teams for a few million more dollars? And I don't I, you think know, you're wrong there. I don't, I don't know if I do. Like, we've all been so hell-bent on expansion because I think we look at it through bigger, the Bigger, 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 bigger. Well, I think we look at it through the vein of, well, the Big Ten is just going to take these other schools and then the Pac-12 will blow up and we'll take the, you know, the leftovers, yeah. so to speak. Well, what if the Big Ten is like, okay, we got our – I don't even know what number it is now. And Notre Dame's not joining the league with a 12-team playoff. They have no reason to as long as NBC gives them somewhat of a decent TV contract. So if no, if the Big Ten doesn't take those schools, because the Big Ten's looking at it like, we're going to get three, four bids. Like, we don't need more schools to, to knock, each, knock our own teams out. Right. So... You know, we're not going to take them. Like, they don't bring us the value. And then, you know, those schools, and I then I look at it from the Pac-12 standpoint or the Pac-10 standpoint. If the Big Ten isn't going to take you, Oregon and Washington, like, I got a pretty good shot to make the playoff, like, every year. Now. Because we're gonna get the we're gonna get the automatic bid, and I'm the I'm by far the best best program in the diluted conference. Right now, I've got a a very clear and direct path to play for a championship every year. And so, all those other schools that we've been talking about joining the Big Twelve should feel the same way. Like now, I got a direct path to the playoff, and USC is gone, and we only have ten schools. And if I beat Oregon and have a good year, like, we're in the playoff. Yeah. So I think that's – it's just – it's a lot. I think it's a lot to, to look at look at from that standpoint of what the playoff means and just the dollars of the playoff. Like, yes, the – you know, and there'll be – you know, you talk about the revenue of the playoff. Like, right now it's 80% Power 5, 20% G5. So even if it stays that way when you – more than double the yearly input output. It's going to be performance-based, which obviously would help, you know, wish it was performance-based the last few years. Sure. When UC has <laughs> been going to the, the New Year's Six and going to the playoff, you know, these the Big Ten and the SEC are not going to do a deal where, you know, the Pac-12 and their one representative – is getting an equal split as the four teams that the SEC is sending every year. Right. So, you know, that benefits you too, to not necessarily like just keep adding teams because you just want to make sure that you keep, give yourself the best chance to put as many teams in as possible. Right. I don't know. I just look at it like the big 12, no divisions, you know, you could very easily have a year where both 
of your conference championship teams maybe have one loss and both teams could possibly still get in. Both teams would have got in last year. Well, yeah. I mean, Baylor would have been the four seed. Right. Because Georgia would not have been in, would not have been a four seed because they didn't win the SEC. Right. UC would have been the third the, seed, yeah. and ba- Baylor would have been the four seed. And Oklahoma State would have absolutely been in. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's two. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree. Not, but but then you had Utah in the mix, and now you got Baylor, Utah, Oklahoma State, Cincinnati. How many? How many of those would have played each other in the regular season? Right. How many would would have you know two losses, maybe three losses now, um, and you're out. And then yeah, I just look at it as like numbers. you're running the risk. The more quality teams you add, I mean, it's the way this this isn't like groundbreaking, but like the more quality teams you add the higher chance that the teams in the conference championship are going to have more losses and then they lose the conference championship and they're not getting in. And then you have the, you have the old syndrome of like the sec team that loses one or two games, but doesn't make the conference championship because they didn't win their division. You know, like say UC has two losses and they don't make the conference championship. They're going to be looked at as well. They had two losses, and they have a good record, but like they weren't even good enough to make the conference championship. So, how are we going to put them in the playoff? Maybe we we make them fourteen, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. So I don't know. Food food for thought. Interesting conversation. I mean, they seem very much on the war path of of trying to expand. Maybe that's because Fox has told them to try to expand and cause we're not going to give, we're not going to give the PAC 12 any money, but we'd love to have that West that, you know, fourth time four times. That, I think that's like in the remarks that he made, I think that was the important part, right? The, the four time zone inventory. That's the only thing that those, that's their only value at this point. Right. Like, you know, ESPN has, pretty much an entire slate of East and Central time zone teams now. So they've got nothing to show at, at 10 or 10.30 Eastern time. Right. And so do they want, I guess this is the way you can look at it, do they want the the full buffet of having the, the whole Pac-12 deal? Because Fox isn't bidding on it. I don't think NBC and CBS are. So it'd be ESPN and some form of streaming, I guess. Do they want do they want all of it? Or would they maybe just be like, yeah, we can, we'd like we to just have like two. <clears throat> yeah, we'd like to just have a little bit of it. Like we want to be able to show a game, maybe not even every week at 10 or 10 30, but we'd like to have the opportunity. I mean, I guess they could. There's four teams, one of them's gonna have a home game at night. Potentially so could, even two or three. Right. So they could show one game at 10.30, and they're not pot committed to to being the entire rights holder and having to figure out where are we going to put Cal, Oregon State? And, you know, right. where, is, where is this game going? And 
and dealing with all of the basketball content and and all of the football content. Maybe they, you know, maybe they just want a, a nibble of the 1030 game. They just don't want all right. of it. No, I, I, I think it's a good point. Like, how many of those Pac-12 games without USC and UCLA are even compelling to begin with? Well, according to some people, uh, you know, they look at numbers and they tell you that they're still getting ratings, but, you know, okay. I Washington mean, it's, it's, State, it's, Oregon State. It's pretty clear that, like, it's it's brand- hey, when's the last when's the last time you watched an Arizona football game? Uh I do not know. They had Arizona that fun, they had that fun quarterback a few a few years ago, I think. Uh maybe Kevin Sumlin's first year there, first or second year there. How many people even remember that after he had Johnny Manziel at Texas AM and got fired that Kevin Sumlin went to Arizona? I don't think anybody. And lasted like two years, I think. Yeah. And then they tried to hire Kenny Amatololo, and the quarterback said nah, and then they didn't hire him. It's just like wild to me that you're like, yeah, okay, quarterback, you. Guy that is going to not be here in a year. I think it was Khalil Tate maybe was the quarterback. But um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Those are kind of. Those are, yes. Mm -hmm. Office linebacker. Yeah, office linebacker Terry Tate. Those were kind of the big ones that it stuck out to me. Just the the talking very specifically about like when we've met with ESPN and Fox and when or and just being like not gonna talk specifics, but we're interested in, in the West Coast. <laughs> we're looking at you. Do I mean, you think there's do you think there's a situation and we saw this pop up today? You think there's a situation where they add San Diego State as a shot across the bow? Like we know you want to add them, but we're going to add them first. I mean, I would. I mean, why add the four teams in their damn league? I don't know. It just it was out there today. I I I didn't put it out there. No, I know you didn't. I don't know why you would want to add them in general. Um, I just. It's, you know, that doesn't fit with me very much. They're building a new stadium, Dave. They built Apparently it. Apparently without any shade. Yeah. Great. They they built it. <laughs> I, I don't know. No, I, but it's, it's interesting, though. Like, you don't hear anything about the Pac-12 in their conversations about, you know, whether it's with ESPN, whether it's with a streaming partner, like what if the big 12 just comes up with, you know, comes to an agreement fairly quickly. Like does that put pressure on an Arizona to be like, here it is, man. Like this is what is a real damn numbers. This is what you can have. Right. You can take it now and you can probably take it later, but you're just, Right now, you're just twisted in the wind because, I mean, you're not getting any information from the Pac-12. I think the interesting thing is, like, and maybe that's just our our connection now to our homeboy, Jason Shear. Um, it seems like Arizona, like, is looking for a reason to, to go. 
Yeah, I think they're just waiting. To, they're looking to see, like, compare num- compare real numbers. Maybe you just take Arizona and San Diego State and be like, eh, screw the rest of you. Get to 14. That way you don't have to go all the way to 16. I wouldn't hate that idea. No. Yeah. I I, I haven't had, like, I, I've ran myself into the ground so much. Like, I, I, I'm sick. I got, like, a an eye thing that's been, like, my eye was glued shut this morning. Um, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a hot mess right now. I'm a hot fucking mess at the moment. Um, if San Diego State had a better football team, maybe. Yeah, but I think you, like, they haven't been terrible forever. And recruiting in L.A. is going to be an interesting... Like, Southern California recruiting is going to be very interesting going forward. Are there Big Ten teams that are really going to try to dip into that pool? Outside of Ohio State and Michigan, I, I can't really imagine. I mean, there are already... Maybe Penn State tries? I mean, Ohio State Penn State Michigan recruits are, enough nationally that, They're like, already I, doing it, so... Yeah. I just... I, I don't know. I think there's going to be a lot of talent to gobble up out west with with this shakeup, like San Diego state might give you an interesting uh, alternative to having to take, I, like, I just like Colorado and Utah. I'm good, man. They don't, oh, they I, don't do much for me. Utah. I mean, sure. But they're really good. Right. But I'm saying like, if that's the plan they want, if that's the direction they want to go, like Utah adds value for sure. But it also adds like a fifth or sixth team sure. that can win the conference in any given year. That's that was my point from earlier. Like, right? If the dollars aren't that much greater, you know, are you as teams that are like? It's I'm kind just of proposing like, alternatives based on the tea leaves as we're seeing people discuss right, them. I mean, I like, look at the SEC. Like, do you think the middle of the road SEC teams are psyched that Oklahoma and Texas are coming? Not really. No. Do you think the middle of the road Big Ten teams are pumped that USC is going to join the league? No. No, they're not. So, like, well, it's it's cool in our world and to talk about and to line these up, these premier teams, line them up head to head. Like, looking at it from their perspective, like, I'm a Tennessee fan. Tennessee is on the rise right now. They're playing good football. Like, Josh Heupel is somehow not terrible yet. (laughs) Do you think I'm excited that Oklahoma and Texas are going to come into the league and possibly stunt that growth? No. They're already so far behind Georgia and Alabama, and Florida's going to get good again, I think, with Napier and Texas A&M. No, I do not want more good teams. There's enough fucking good teams in the SEC. Right now, Tennessee legit. I don't. I know you don't like this, but Tennessee's battling with Kentucky for position. Yes, in Arkansas. Yes, like, like those are the teams in the window. The Auburn has won right a national now. championship. It's a dysfunctional mess right now, but they can turn it around and win another national. Cha- like I don't want any more good teams. 
Auburn was a mess right before they won a national championship and right after. Well, it's a reason they but won guess a what? after. Right. But guess what? They had a national championship team. Then they went to it and they went to another one and lost in the last minute to Florida State. Right. So, like, I don't want any more great teams. Like, I'm very happy and content to get the hell out of the AAC and build rivalries with an, o- an Oklahoma State, a Baylor, a TCU, a Kansas. Like, that's fine. Just give me those guys for now. Like, let us get our feet under us in a step up where every week it's going to be at least somewhat of a challenge, not like it is now. Like, I don't need more good teams. I don't need more teams that have been, whether they've wasted the money or not, I don't need more teams that have coffers full of money that, you know, that, at their disposal that more than we have. Lambig said, I just want another reason to go to San Diego. Yeah. Guess what, Lambig? If I go to the BCJ um, chief financial officer and say we're going to go watch the Bearcats in San Diego, I'm I'm a lot more likely to get a yes than we're going <laughs> to Manhattan, Kansas. Yeah. Hey, I mean, the little apple. The li- I mean, the little apple, I've been there. In all fairness, Lambig did say earlier in the chat that he lives in California. So, of course, yeah. he wants somebody coming out that way. Of course. Uh, but he's taking a shot at me. Uh, not a shot, but like taking a dig at me uh, about wanting San Diego State added because I just love San Diego. I get it. And I, I do love San Diego. So, yeah. So Jeff Jeff asked, is Memphis to the Big 12 completely dead? I haven't heard a peep about them in a long time. I, I there's think a so. reason for that. Yeah. I, don't I mean, think they're, they're, they're claiming they're going to do some work on uh, Liberty Bowl. From what I've seen, it's a lot of lipstick on a pig. Um, yeah, they're just sprucing it up. Like, they're not really doing anything. So... I mean, and it sucks because, like, especially for basketball, they they give a lot of shits. But like, you know, and I think their their downturn in football right now is happening at the worst possible time. Yeah, you know, I just there there has to be a, a cutoff point where it's like we don't just need to add teams to add teams. Like, if you even, as much as we talk shit about like a UCF. Like, they have been uber successful, and they are in an area that is growing, and they do have a huge student population, and all of these things do matter. And, like, you just look at, like, a Memphis or an SMU or any, you know, we don't need just another, like, these leagues don't just need another team to go seven and five. Right. Although that was the Big Ten's whole model for a while. Like, we just – we need a couple more teams that can go uh, five and seven. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't don't see – I think this is a – and maybe Oklahoma – or maybe Oregon and Washington are are part of this and they're just not being discussed. I don't know why they necessarily would want to make that move. Right. Because, um, like, from their standpoint, I'd be like, as long as the money makes a little bit of sense, I'm going to stay here, probably make the playoff every year, sign a short-term deal, not sign away my grant of rights, and then we'll see what's up with the Big Ten in five years. It's not a terrible idea. 
I mean, again, everybody's going to be doing shorter term deals. Right. The 10, 12, 15 year deal, I think, is out. No, I mean, the the, the Big Ten kind of started it. And the, the I'm sure the Big 12 will follow. Is like they're going to have one, maybe two. That's the wild thing about this. That if they do it right, they could have two yeah. new contracts before the ACC has their next one. Right. So, uh, you know, if they're shooting for the moon on these Pac-12 schools, I, I get it. Other than that, none of them do anything for me. San Diego State doesn't do anything for me. Obviously, none of the old AAC teams do anything for me. Boise doesn't do it. Boise's on a very similar, appears to be downturn that Memphis is on. Um, you know, you know what's you up, Michael Beers? Where the hell you been? I haven't seen you in a while. Memphis feels very much like UC in the sense of like they hit it out of the park several years, several hires in a row. But that's just it's unsustainable, and you're gonna ha- you're gonna have your Tuberville. And now it's granted it's a different situation, but like it feels like Ryan Silverfield is their Tuberville. Nobody, nobody can continuously hire a great coach every three years. No, it's not how it goes. Like you're just gonna miss. Like and I, like I know like people want to point to Xavier basketball, but if you really like dig into it, those guys a bunch of them were there six, seven, eight years, and then. They hired somebody else and then six, five, six, seven years. Then they hired like it wasn't a D'Antonio to Kelly to Jones, like, and then eventually Tuberville. Like you hired four coaches from what? Oh five to thirteen or whatever it was, whenever Tommy was hired. Like yeah. hiring four coaches in a decade. You're going to miss. Well, I mean, look at Luke is now one of the, what, probably top 10 to 15 most tenured coaches in the country. He's up there. Six years. This is year six. So you can only, like, yeah, you can only get so lucky making that many hires that, that uh, you know, that quickly. Yeah. Becoming a pastor. Good luck. I wish you well. Um, so with the, with the playoff, apparently we have not had this conversation since in college football's infinite with only college football could do things dumber than major league baseball. <laughs> like, you know what, you know what the perfect time to announce paradigm shifting news about our sport is the week of the start of the season, the week of the start of the season on a Friday afternoon of a holiday weekend. Nailed it. So here's my question. So this sounds, and granted, it's still up in the air because the Bulls, you know, there's chatter now that the Bulls, the the other Bulls, not even like the good Bulls, like the Gator Bowl and the Music City Bowl are angling to get those first round games instead of them being on campus. Bullshit. Oh, yeah. Complete bullshit. (laughs) But... My question is, how long, say they do end up going on campus, how long before, like, the Alabamas and Ohio States are like, uh, yeah, we want to host games too? Right. Because, like, yeah, it's great to be a top four seed and you get a bye, but, like, at what point are we, all those We shouldn't teams- be penalized for for being great. Like, we, we want to play in our home stadium. 
Yeah. I mean, the the home the first round home games last year would have been Ohio State, Notre Dame, uh, Georgia, and Ole Miss. Like, and we're just now figuring out that this is like the good thing to do. Like that these presidents are just now realizing that they're leaving a lot of money on the table and like, oh my God, imagine how good this would be for Oxford, Mississippi and Athens, Georgia and right. South Bend, Indiana to host a playoff game. Right. Like it'd be the biggest thing to ever happen in, in these cities. Would you see have been rooting for a different outcome in the Big 12 championship game? under this format just to get a playoff game at Nipper. I mean, that's the thing that I'm, that I'm looking forward to the most and hoping that you don't, you don't play Bama. Right. You can potentially win a playoff game. I think they would have played Notre Dame probably. Right. Uh, I mean, no, like, Notre Dame was too close. Yeah. Well, Georgia no. would have been the, Georgia would have been the five seed. Right. So, but yeah, I mean, just think about like how great would it be to get like, you know, name your your SEC team that makes it into the playoff that's not Alabama and Georgia. How great would it be for them to have to come to Nipper in the in the middle of December? I I would love to have seen that Alabama team come here to Nipper in the middle of December. Would the outcome have probably been the same? Yeah, Will Anderson was still in Alabama. Will, Will Anderson can pass rush in all climates. Sure, sure. <laughs> but I still would love to have seen it. Oh yeah, but I mean, just like the the boom that it would be for 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 the pro for everything. Right. Like imagine you know I noticed the other day like the the Bengals get in price was like over two hundred dollars for Sunday. I mean that's what you're talking about for. Easy, what you're talking about for a playoff home game. In a in a 40,000-seat stadium? How many people are getting season tickets when they know that the only way they're getting into a playoff game is to have season tickets? Right. And then what the secondary market would be? Woo! And, like, don't, don't think that next year, whether it's Oklahoma or Texas coming here, don't think that's not going to be tied to your season tickets. Like, oh, that's, yeah. that's, that's not going to be treated just like a, any old two-lane game. So, but yeah, like college football in their infinite wisdom decided that it's, it's a good idea to, to roll this out now because apparently people were worried that the longer they waited to actually do it, there might be people that back out and it ends up being the exact, basically the exact same setup that Greg Sankey, Bob Bowlesby, uh, I, I love that the ACC is now like we've seen the light. Oh, they had their you know Jim Phillips. He he asked for his three hundred sixty five days to take a holistic view of the sport, <laughs> and he got it. And this is what he sees. He saw he saw it now. He saw what the sport looked like and what the sport needed. I, I'm glad that he had his moment of clarity. Uh, yes, me, me too. But now, now it's back to those guys though. That's the problem. Right. The president's, the, the managing board, which is made up of presidents has, you know, pushed all this through, but now it's back up to the slappies to figure out the details of it. 
Josh, I think this is going to be fascinating. Like when this all goes through, it's no different than the NFL playoffs. Yes, it is. That you just get a bye week essentially. He's you're going to get three weeks off because you're not allowed to play from the the proposal or the 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 thing. You're not allowed to play those first round games for two weeks. Twelve days. Twelve, yeah, two two weeks. Yeah, and then. The next round is going to be eight days or whatever after that. So you can play your so you play your conference championship on December fifth. You can play the first round game on December sixteenth. Six no first round well, twelve the, days. The teams later. that get the bye are going to go from December fifth yeah, to 19, almost New Year's, like nineteen days. While the other team is going to be a week off, like they're still they're going to be fresh. Yeah. I think it. I think it's interesting because I do think it creates a situation where maybe the team that's played more recently is a little more fresh, a little know. more I, I on wonder, top of though, the game. I wonder though, at that point in the season, if you've had how your much bi- do you need three weeks off? If you've had your bye week, like Florida State, for instance, is off this week. Yeah. So let's say that they were a playoff contending team. Like, I don't think they'd want to just keep playing, you know, 12, 13, 14 straight weeks. But everybody gets a week off after the end of the regular or after the end of like, and, and you're going to have Dave, because it's a 12 team format, you're going to have teams that didn't play in the conference championship that haven't played already since November, like Thanksgiving weekend or whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of like a lot of nuance. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about po- you know, possibly moving it up to making week zero week one, so then the conference championship games would be on Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, it it looks like 2024 is pretty much an impossibility because of networks and networks and and site contracts more than anything. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that these presidents are going to pressure them to try to get it to, done by 25. Well, I think they're going to pressure them to try to get it done by 24 because they yeah. look at the $450 million a year that they're not making. <laughs> uh, so for 450 million in addition to, you know, what they're already pulling in. So, but I think 25 is, is doable. I think that'll still be. A challenge it would be really it would be a real letdown if this thing couldn't get off the ground until the last possible year that the current contract you know is in place for right so because ES- espn has no interest and no reason to to take away their exclusive rights uh Jeffrey said that's just bad scheduling a bye week two. Remember when you see scheduled a bye week one? I mean, yeah, we we played we didn't play opening weekend one year. It, it was the dumbest shit. I, how do you schedule a bye week one? Week one. Now we're good. We're gonna take an extra week of camp. Just crash into each other for well, another. Didn't week the, before didn't the, the conference starts. do that? Because. There was supposed to be, or was, they thought there was going to be a home conference game or a, a conference yeah. game week one. There was something that screwed that up. Mm-hmm. 
But you can't let that happen. Um, Pitt. We we canceled the game on NC State. Yes. Because there's going to be nine conferences. There's nine conference games in the Big 12. <laughs> so Pitt, at Pitt next year. Uh, Miami, and then... Eastern Kentucky. Yeah, Eastern they, Kentucky. They open yeah. the season with Eastern Kentucky, at Pitt, then Miami. Is that game in Miami next year? I know it's, no, it's about time to go back no, up there, it's isn't a, it? No, it's at home. And then the, the following year they go. Yeah, they got boned by COVID. They lost their home game because of COVID. Oh, uh, yeah. When they decided not to play non-conference games and then right. came back and played like four games or something, four or six games or something. So they had their home game in 20. All right. Then, you got you got anything else on all this? I don't think so. I mean, you know. Good to get your mark on campus. Sucks I couldn't make it. I wish uh, Pitt comes here in 24. That's a back-to-back series. Yes. Sam. Uh, 2023 at Pitt, 2024 uh, at NIP. And then it has to, they have to do that again in, I think, 26. So if I had to guess, they're going to get out of the game. At, that, that's a four-year, or was that a two-for-one? What, Pitt? Pitt. No, it's just a one-and-one, home-and-home. Okay. What do you mean? Oh, 26, they've got two. 26, they've got, uh, they're going to get out. No, they got two. They got Ohio, OU and Miami. So they're going to get out of the OU game. Yeah. That's it's the happening. it's the trip to OU, the, the back half of the home and home from the game at UC a couple years ago. Gotcha. Uh, cool for your mark to show up. Like, I mean, obviously he's taking a tour. Yeah. Of all the, the big 12 schools. Um, sorry, I couldn't get there today, but. Previous commitment, like I said, really nothing I could do. But Dan Simon um, had you, had us covered. Maybe next week, good time to talk to Dan. Get his, uh, yeah, maybe. See if you can work on that. Well, see if you can I'll, arrange. I'll see, I'll see what I can do. Arrange a discussion. Now, don't go, don't go giving Dan Simon just to the Bearcat brunch. Oh no, he he wasn't just saying. There. I know. I'm just that's saying. Too, that's too early for Dan. He's he's like he, he likes to sleep. He's a sleeper. He that's a little too early for Dan. Okay. You know de- the big deals get made late at night. So yeah. Uh, will the River City rivalry trophy be back in play? <laughs> it goddamn well better be, Brian. That thing was heavy as shit, and the most awkward like weight distribution of all time. You gotta have as many, weird. as many trophy games as possible, right? I mean, what like if they play Louisville, they're not going to play for the keg and nails, right? If UCF and UConn play, they're not going to play for conflict. Conflict. Oh, <laughs> uh, so beautiful. We probably, I probably should have just hit up Justin and had him come on to discuss all this, but. Whatever. My mind hasn't been working right the past <laughs> couple of days. I feel like crap. I feel like I got hit by a train. Like I said, my eyes all messed up. There's like a bunch of gunk maybe, maybe, in my right maybe eye. We'll get him, just, just text him now. Maybe we'll get him to come on. He's probably done with dishes by now. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I know. Me too. I'm good. Um, 
All right. Well, I guess the, the last thing. Uh-oh, Aaron's doing something. Yeah, there it is. That's a weird-ass trophy. Who came? Who designed that? I like the, like, uh, you know, the grates in the background. For the paddle yeah. wheel, yeah. Sten- no, like the stencil of, like, what is it? The stencil of Ohio and Pennsylvania or something behind the actual, like, you know, mechanism that you flip back and forth from UC to Pitt. Right. <laughs> um, I guess the last thing to do is, is Simone family tailgate, right? Yes. Well, and I, I would say I, I heard your guys. Um, what was it? Your, was it your Sunday night? Um, the AAC recap on Sunday yeah. nights. Yeah. So we will know, like on the brunch, we will no longer discuss AAC games. We will leave that distinct honor to you guys. I, yeah, I think that's like, we don't look, I agree with that a thousand percent. We don't need two places to discuss. And, AAC and we'll games. just talk about the big games nationally. And you two can talk about, the fun that is uh, everybody else in the conference. Well, I, the funny thing is, it actually, like, Aaron's not happy with you. <laughs> it actually gets harder to do a nightcap in season. I'm sure. Because everything's condensed, right? Like, the, the flow of information is not, like, in the off season. there's just random stuff that happens, stuff you can talk about, like, stuff you can have some fun with. But when you get into game weeks, there's only it, it kind of has to be more regimented, right? Kind of has to be more like very specific, um, and some of that'll change once we get into like you know obviously get closer to November, and we'll have basketball stuff to hit on. Um, <laughs> Jeff said, "Good trade, Dave. That's why you're the regional manager." Yeah, I don't want to talk about this garbage teams dave's been in this business a long time like we gotta we gotta have some stuff to talk about on the nightcap (laughs) so begrudgingly but here's the problem that means next year we get to claim the big 12 games no no because my show's on earlier than your show so i can talk about whatever i want to talk about yeah, but I'm the executive producer of this whole network. You're just gonna like cut it off midstream when I start talking <laughs> about big I can. games. I can I can mute you. I don't think the fans would like that very we'll, much. We'll just do the recap of the game on, on Sunday nights and we'll do the big twelve recap on Saturday <laughs> nights and just screw the whole thing up. All right. our our legion our legions and legions of loyal loyal listeners and followers after one episode, I mean they would be so mad at you. Kathy at the top of the list. That's nothing new, but we'll we'll just we'll just screw the whole thing up. Sunday and, nights and see, we're doing Big Twelve recap next and, year. And Jeff even said they are big national games. Jeff, so, Jeff has the least amount of vote in all of this right now. He's he lowest man. A great point. The lowest man on the totem will pole be, will be big national games. Baylor Texas or Baylor, Baylor Texas. You know Oklahoma State Oklahoma still a uh, thing. I don't know what you're talking about. It's next not even year, there. big. There, there's, there's, yeah, Aaron just blocked Jeff for five minutes. <laughs> 
big national game, Oklahoma, Texas. I'm going to talk about it. Red River, last, <laughs> last, last one. Well, I mean, they're going to still have the Red River rivalry well, that's true, in the but... SEC. Yeah. Oklahoma, Bedlam, I guess. Oklahoma yeah, State, Bedlam. Oklahoma. Last Bedlam. We got to talk about it. Yeah. But we already talked about it on Saturday night on the Big 12 recap nightcap. Yeah, okay. I mean, I'll I'll battle for position. Like we got we got rivalries building within the network right now. Aaron, Aaron, Aaron block block Matt. That's a disgraceful comment. <laughs> That's outstanding. Uh, Dave and Jeff have to talk American games next year. There's the big... I can I'm not going to guarantee much. I will guarantee right now that at no point next year will I talk about an American conference game uh, rice north texas like come on dave <laughs> i will be the, i will be the guy that all you see fans hate like the big 10 guy and the sec guy that acts like you know the american doesn't exist i'm going to be that guy so this is this is from a guy living in california uh, can we petition to start to have the brunch show at 11 Eastern? The answer no. is no. Because I got to watch the Bengals. <laughs> yeah. Well, the idea is to get the brunch show done by 11 or as close to 11 as possible because that's when NFL coverage really kicks yeah. in on Sundays. And that's what we're not dumb enough to think that show is going to like go toe to toe with uh, NFL Sunday. Well, the, we the, the Bengals the, the Bengals pregame show technically starts at eleven thirty. Now, obviously, they have sports talk that starts at nine. But like the Dan Horde, Ben Box Miller, whoever it is, you know, right. pregame show starts at eleven thirty. We have no interest in having the brunch go up against that. See, Kathy, already my favorite person on this on this whole whole thing. Again, Kathy forgets this is like. <laughs> I'm the boss. <laughs> she cares, and that's why Kathy and I rock hard together. <laughs> uh, what is the time schedule? Uh, the the Bearcat brunch uh, kicks off at nine thirty on Sunday mornings, and it runs roughly an hour and a half. If it goes a little over, it goes a little over. But that's like the it's a typically a ninety minute window. We're gonna try to keep it ninety. You know, obviously, like this coming week, we talked almost an hour on the Arkansas game, so I doubt we're going to talk an hour on Kennesaw State. So this week it'll probably go a little bit under from a from a UC standpoint, specifically in the show overall, probably go a little bit under. But you know, with the Bengal game first first game NFL season, we'll probably do spend a little bit more time on on NFL. Um, but typically, the goal is an hour and a half. Uh, you know, not much under, not much over. But uh, yeah, the, the tailgate this year, buddy, we're, we've like doubled or tripled in size. I don't even know what oh, people. Wow. Are, I don't even know what people are bringing. All we I don't know, know is what the, that, the menu is. I mean, I've been told sub sandwiches. Okay. Now I I have no idea what else that what else is included because so many new people are coming. I don't know who's been given what responsibility. Uh, all I know is that the weather now looks pretty decent and I will be getting there 
probably earlier than the rest of the crew. So if you want to set the over under, I'm probably going to go over. First game. Uh, of the I mean, year. first game of the year, three thirty kickoff. That's got to like we got to go like eight and a half. Oh, that's. I mean, I'm planning on getting there like fairly early for us. So like noon. Oh, earlier than that. Eleven. Eh, somewhere in that range. Between eleven and noon. Yes. Deanna says she'll try to be more awake for the brunch this week, but uh, 8.30 CST was rough this past weekend. Hey, hey, I, I get it. You know, that's why we you can watch it and listen whenever you want. Right. We appreciate the, 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 we appreciate the live interaction, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't want to get up 8.30 either. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> up that up way earlier than that as is, so. Right. Uh, so sub sandwiches, we have no idea what the sides, what the rest of the, the, no, the, no clue. The, so when we're talking double, like, are we talking, there's going to be more cars up there or just more people up there? Uh, no, lamb nine thirty Eastern, my friend, nine thirty Eastern is when it starts. Uh, that I'm not sure. I just know there's a lot more people. I mean, like okay. we have a couple of ours that are friends. Got season tickets. My aunt's friends got season tickets now. Uh, well, and the Simone family tailgate has been a hot topic in the, the the Bearcat community for a while. So there's obviously more people around the Simone family that are wanting a piece of the action. Well, yeah. I mean, Newman 8 says Jello Shot Sandwiches. I'm not wasting bread, man. <laughs> unless, unless we're just stacking jello shots that's yeah. i mean that's an interesting idea like right cherry great cherry that's right i mean my aunt I mean, who knows what i know she was up at five this morning making a bat she's got to make a, a ton more because we got so many more people okay. i'm in charge of, i have it easy i'm in charge of beer so like i don't have to Worry about what everybody else is bringing. I just show up with the beer. Brian, you know, they, they they do this crazy thing now where you can connect your phone to the audio in your car. <laughs> and then you can listen in your car while you're driving. I figured lots of people that probably listened on their way back from yeah, work. Yeah, I car. asked Aaron, did you listen to the brunch today, today when we talked on Sunday? And he was like, no, I was driving. That's kind of the point. That's the perfect time to listen to it. You got an eleven-hour drive or whatever. We took you through ninety. We erased ninety minutes of your drive. I mean, I listened. Oh, I shouldn't say. Uh, Dan Simon listened to the BBP on his way up to the summit in Michigan. Right. Or no, tried to call I, in, but you were in the middle of the woods. It wasn't somewhere. even the BBP. It was my damn show that I wasn't it was your even show, on. Yeah, with with Tony Pike and yeah, Ryan Royer. And Ryan, like Dan Simon, listened to that, and our guy Aaron can't even listen to the the first ever episode with one of his guys. Just his guy. Jeff should take this as a a personal affront to their friendship. You were cranking tunes. Well, like. Now, granted, I think Brian lives in the middle of Kansas somewhere. So it was probably less of a, a drive for him. But that was 90 minutes of Bearcat talk. Like, come on, man. 
Hey, it's okay. It's the first first show. Everybody's not everybody's not with the schedule yet. Everybody's not everybody's not locked in. I understand. No hard feelings. Just be here this Sunday. Yeah, we're gonna talk about uh, a big talk about a big win. So Mike, Michael says he's moving to Cincinnati when his fiance comes and her son. I hope y'all will meet them and show them around Bearcat Country. We'll meet them. I, I'm not. I don't do tours. <laughs> I can point you in directions. <laughs> just, just, like, just go up on top of Campus Green. Yeah, go go on top of Campus Green. We'll meet you. We'll say hello, uh, and then from the top of Campus Green, <clears throat> we'll point you in directions. That is Nippert Stadium. That is Fifth Third Arena. That is uh, Sigma Sigma Commons, where the grid it like, like we'll point you in directions. Yes, I've already I've already talked to to our our good friend Action Cookbook. He is going to try to stop by. He said he's he's going to have the kids with him, so we'll, we'll see how that. More the goes. merrier. That's right. For sub sandwiches, kids love sub sandwiches. Keith, Keith and his wife always make an appearance. Yeah, Keith uh, was. Uh, Yep. Keith was at uh at the Grail on Saturday. You know, uh, our, our our we have a crew of a friend from uh, Nashville that always makes an appearance. It's very popular. I mean, I mean I'm, I don't know what to tell you. Know, I'm a po- popular kind of guy. Like, you know, the Bearcat Bash isn't happening uh, right away. So, like, it's the second most popular thing on game day. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Before the game, the Run grid, the grid, and then the Simone family tailgate. Uh huh. Yeah. And then Republic of Cincinnati, the den, you know, all those like filling in uh, behind there. <laughs> sure. <laughs> all right, let's get out of here. I don't have anything else. I'm done. Uh, I know you're going to be upset with this, but uh, I did book a guest tonight for for the uh, nightcap. Uh, so Justin's going to come on and Dan. And- no, Justin Williams, who produced all the content coming today out of the, uh, I'm, going, I'm going to bed. Darn. Well, what, what did you going to bed have to do with Dan Simon? Like, he stays up late and does oh, no, cuts deals, just, right? Justin Williams. Yeah, Justin Williams is coming on. Yeah, well, that's fine. I'm not. I don't. I don't take that person. Well, you asked for him to come on here, and I oh, just. I don't care. <laughs> All right, let's call it a night. He's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendan. I might, Thank you, listen, as always. I might listen to it tomorrow just as like a, a get back to Aaron for not listening to, to me. <laughs> UBP is off my list. You do you, Dave. You do you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week. It's the BCJ Podcast brought to you by the Holy Grail right here on BearcatJournal.com.